Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, the show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games. Take off our nostalgia tinted glasses and decide, is the game good by today's standards? And is it worth the price of admission? I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend, Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Wave Race for the Nintendo 64. Yeah. 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 This is one that... uh, you know, we posted about it online and had a huge response. We're kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. This is a game that I grew up playing, uh, and I didn't know that it was such a big part of other people's lives. And it's like one of our most interacted with social media posts. So I was really excited when I came here today, and you you pulled it out, and you said that's what we were playing. Yeah. Um, based on that that feedback, I decided that it would be a good idea. Yeah. To so- to go with you your desire <laughs> on this one. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it was an early launch game for the N64. Yeah. And I feel like it, I wasn't around it very much growing up. Like I told you when we first started, like I could count on one hand the number of times I probably played Wave Race 64. Yeah. Um, before today. And I guess today it would still probably be, I could count on one hand the number of times I've played this game. <laughs> um, but based on the feedback that we got around it, it does seem like a lot of people really enjoyed this game growing up yeah if you're not one of those people who didn't you know you didn't grow up playing this game you don't even know what this game is wave race 64 is a racing game where (laughs) you are on a jet ski i think it's actually like sponsored by like kawasaki jet skis or something yeah and it's just a racing game you got you got four different characters that each ride jet skis you got uh, a bunch of different maps or tracks or courses whatever you want to call it and uh there you can do tricks you can you can race, you can do time trials. There's all sorts of different stuff, but at its core, it's a racing game on jet skis in the water. And uh, yeah, that's Wave Race 64. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Like I said, it was an early launch title on the N64. In North America, it came out in November of 1996, which do you know off the top of your head when the N64 actually launched? Was that September that it launched? Oh, I have no clue. See, we never got like... Uh, we never got the systems right when they came out. We were always like a system behind. So mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to remember when I when we got an N64, and uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know it was at least a, a year or two after it dropped. So I'm kind of surprised that it was an early game because you know we that was one that we picked up right when we first got the N64, and we put a lot of hours into Wave Race. Interesting. Yeah, um, I think it was one of the the early N64 games, and it was published by Nintendo and produced by Shigeru Miyamoto. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Neither did I before I started doing research uh, on Wikipedia. That's incredible. <laughs> into this game. Yeah, I found that that's super interesting. Uh, Wikipedia was talking about how this game was originally like some kind of tech demo for the N64. Okay. And basically they looked at it and tried to figure out how to make it into an interesting and fun game. That kind of makes sense. Um, it seems like so tech yeah. demos always have like heavy emphasis on water mm-hmm. to show like, look, yeah. look how cool our new system mm-hmm. can render this water. And the, <laughs> right. the entire game is water. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. A lot of what I saw when I was doing a little bit of research was a lot of the things that people were positive about were the physics of the water. Yeah. In this game. And it's it, got I, waves. Yeah, it was pretty revolutionary, I think, at the time, or just water had never really been done this well, at least not on a console, or something to that effect. 
I don't know. People really liked the water in 1996 well, on this game. Dude, I was kind of freaking out about the water today. We went into the, the <laughs> options. Like, I put a lot of hours into this game as a kid. Didn't really poke around in the options. Like, when you're a kid, you don't, yeah. like, go around searching through all the menus. Like, you just jump in and start playing a game. We went into the options, and they actually have uh, different water settings. So, you can have, like, calm water or choppy water mm. or wild water. Yeah. So, like, we turned it up to wild, <laughs> and you got, like, all these waves, and it's, like, it's kind of surprising that on the N64 you could change the amount of waves, the intensity of the waves. Yeah. I could see why that would be exciting for people. I mean, it's 2018, and I got excited about it. <laughs> I've never had the option to to set the wave wildness. Now, do you think you got excited about it because you owned the game as a kid and you never knew about it, or do you think it's exciting because it's actually exciting? I don't know. It just seems kind of like a random weird thing that yeah. I was just kind of excited to find. Yeah, I like that it's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want to get into what the game did well then? Yeah, let's jump right in. All right. All right, I think the biggest thing that we have to say about this game is that, well, that I have to say, I don't know if you're going to say the same thing, but I (laughs) thought that this game was a lot of fun. I was surprised. (laughs) I mean, the game actually held up. I was nervous. I have not played this game in many, many years, and I was thinking, like, I don't know if this holds up. And this is uh, actually... One of my wife, Maddie, is it's one of her favorite games, and she, she would have been really disappointed if I came home and was like, hey, yeah, we played Wave Race, and it sucked. Yeah. But So I was actually really happy to find out that it was still fun. We had a good time with it, and I thought that overall, um, the gameplay of it held up. I think it's interesting that we're coming at this from two different angles, and I wonder how much of it, the fun side of it for you is because you have a history with this game. Because under what this game does well for me, I'm like, it's fun? Question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I spent the first five to seven races getting my teeth kicked in by Jordan, trying to not run into walls, fighting with the uh, getting used to the controls and the physics and all that stuff. Because um, for anybody who hasn't played this game, if you miss a certain number of buoys, you have to go around buoys for the it's race. kind of like ski slaloms where like it tells yeah. you got to go left to this one, got to go right to that one, got to go left to this one. And I think by default, if you miss five of them, you're automatically disqualified. You just lose the race outright. Yeah. And so there's only, it's not even like you're out of the race in the, in the two player mode. There's only two racers. It's you and the person you're playing against. And so you just automatically lose if you miss too many buoys. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, I, I don't know how much fun I had with this game. I'm not going to say it's not fun, but I'm not sure that I'm like, I would really like to pull this out and play it again soon. (laughs) And I don't know if that's because I have no history with this game or if because I need to spend more time with it to get more used to it and how it feels and plays or whatever, because you were doing tricks and handstands and all this stuff and just having a good old time. And I'm like, I just want to not fail at this game. (laughs) Well, that's definitely true. I mean, the first few races that we did, I absolutely destroyed you. I think it was like (laughs) six races in a row. And then we're like, Hey, let's uh, go out to the the training mode and get some, uh, get some, pointers here yeah and after you did the training mode you came back and then you won like six of the next eight races against me <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh part of that may have been because during the training mode it taught you how to do tricks and i got a little bit too obsessed with trying to do <laughs> backflips off of everything i tried to do handstands like anytime there was a straightaway uh which again are just things that i thought was ridiculously fun mm-hmm. uh 
some of that stuff I didn't remember. I didn't remember the tricks. I mean, I remembered you could do a backflip, but I didn't remember any of the like doing a handstand or like driving the jet ski backwards mm. or like any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was kind of fun to to see again. And uh, I'm trying to like not let my nostalgia blind me, but I actually had a better time than I was expecting. And I, I and oh, I, I wasn't coming into it hopeful that it was going to hold up. Yeah. And it actually surprised me with how much better it was than what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. The training mode, what it showed me when I played with it for whatever, three or four minutes was when you hold down, you can take turns tighter. Yeah. And that's what helped me come to grips with like getting around the buoys a little bit easier and having actually more fun with this game. But after that, I still just, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's good. Is it as good as everybody thinks it is? Is it? A, I, should, I should say, is it as fun as everybody thinks it? I'm, I'm still not sure, which is funny because normally you're like, I don't know if we I had fun with this game or not. Let's talk about it. And now I'm the one that's like, I don't know how much fun I had with this game. Yeah, and that's just part of coming into this game with it being your first time playing it. You'd have, yeah. You have less experience to draw on. Well, I think it was my uh, third time playing it, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically an expert. Basically. basically an expert. I literally have, I think, one memory of playing this as a child yeah and then i played it for like 90 seconds like a couple days ago just to test it out for a minute when i was like should we play wave race should we not play wave race i was like trying to figure out what we should play for the the show and so i played it for about 90 seconds and didn't have any fun with it and i was like (laughs) i'm like i I don't know yeah i gave i gave it like three (laughs) seconds worth of time and i was like oh this game's garbage so i turned it off well well, the control (laughs) like i think we should say you know the controls take some getting used to and i don't know whether that's a knock against the game or not yeah i mean part of that has to do with the fact that the n64 controller is uh it hasn't held up itself um but i actually was surprised and i i usually struggle with the n64 controller and it could just be again that like my muscle memory came back from all Mm. those years ago but um i I, once i got the hang of controlling it and uh remembered like how to play uh it came back pretty quickly and uh I, I didn't think the controls were all that bad. One of the things that is really frustrating is like when you, you're going really fast and like you hit something, you hit like a wall or mm. a box that's floating in the water and your person just goes flying off and your jet yeah. ski just stops completely dead. And it's like, oh mm. man, there goes all that momentum. Yeah. And so that can really make it feel a little disjointed sometimes. But For sure. The physics, like the, the water physics that we were talking about, they really do play a big part of control in this game. Um, especially you noticed it when you put on the wild waves right before we came up here to record that the physics really push you around. Um, and so the controls, they work for what the game is and I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah. I am part of it is just unlike most racing games is you're not in a car, you're not in a cart or whatever mm-hmm. you're in water. So it's just, yeah. it does handle a little bit differently. It feels a little bit different than what you'd be used to if you've played a lot of racing games, which I don't think either of us are huge racing fans. Uh, not like racing sim fans. No, no. We're like Mario Kart and, and yeah. arcade racers and stuff. I love Mario Kart. I considered uh, a arcade racer for this episode of worth it or worthless, but obviously we didn't play the game that I was considering. We may in the future. Was there ever an arcade version of wave race? Uh, so as far as I know, uh, there was a game boy version oh. named wave race, which was like a top down, um, like RC pro am kind of, okay. um, racing game and then this was the sequel to that and then there was a sequel to this game on gamecube oh 
which I think had four players instead of two, and it had like more racers and stuff, and it was like a, a better looking, obviously, version of the game. But I don't think that the GameCube version is as well loved. I, I didn't do a, a ton of research. I like watched like a YouTube video or two on it and like read some comments or whatever, and it, it doesn't seem like people love the GameCube version the way that they love the N64 version. I could be wrong about that, but that was the impression that I got from the little bit of research that I was trying to do around the N64 version. Gotcha. Well, do you have anything else that you want to say about the game that it did well? Uh, so you had mentioned that you, when we, when we switched, cause we started off in two player mode. Yeah. And when we went to single player mode, you were like, this looks really good. This actually doesn't look bad. And I'm like, I don't really notice that much of a difference. You're like, look at the birds. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> and so I, I kind of put that under what this game does well is Jordan was impressed with the graphics and single player. <laughs> I mean, whenever you're talking about N64 games, you usually don't have a whole lot of nice things to say about the graphics. No. Um, they, they looked amazing to us as kids. When you come from the Super <laughs> Nintendo and you go to the N64, it's like, whoa, this is lifelike. Yeah. That uh, box-shaped James Bond face looks exactly <laughs> like Pierce Brosnan. And now, you know, now it doesn't hold up as well. Like, I think at one point I commented, I'm like, is her neck just like a cube that sticks out of her face. And it's like very strange graphics. Like if you actually look at the polygons and you're like, Oh, this is really bizarre. But so in two player mode, you have like even less processing power because obviously it's rendering both players Mm -hmm. and you get like, it's kind of hard to tell the background from the foreground sometimes. And it's kind of like murky and, and blurry. And yeah. when you go to single player mode, all of a sudden it was just so much more crisp. And they add, <laughs> there's like all these extra details. Like they'll add seagulls or ducks or a helicopter or a sunset or yeah. something. And it's like <laughs> there's one level, like the duck pond level, where it starts off and it's like morning and it's very, it's uh, it's like misty and foggy. And then by like halfway through your second lap, like the sun's coming up and all the fog is burned off and it's all clear. And like they definitely did some cool stuff in the single player mode that you lose out on. So when we started in two player mode yeah. and you're you're getting like the half uh, power graphics and they're, they're pretty not not good and and you can't really tell what's going on and then all of a sudden you go to the single player mode it's like it's still an n64 game and it's still pretty garbage but (laughs) but it's like significantly better and it gets closer to what you actually were seeing when you were a kid like nowadays if, if you if I work with teenagers and if I took this game to like some of my students and and was like, Hey, check this out. Uh, they'd be like, yeah, that's, that's garbage. Yeah. Uh, But like for me going to single player mode, it like helped me realize like what I saw it as, as a kid. And, and it actually was decent. So I I don't know if I'd put that in like the, what the game does well column, but, um, the single player mode definitely is an upgrade graphically from the two player mode. And I think that they actually did some kind of cool things. Um, Realizing that Nintendo had some part in this game uh, helps me realize like some of those small details are stuff that they would have paid attention to yeah. that I feel like a third-party developer may not have. And uh, I don't know. It was just cool to see some of that stuff that I didn't remember from when I was a kid. Yeah, it's especially interesting how much you noticed it because I didn't even like – I was like, all right, you play single-player mode. I'm kind of like 
not sure that this game is fun and I just don't know that I want to play the single player mode. I'll, I'll just watch. And you were like, look at this game. And I was like, does it look much different? Oh, it did. You know, it really did. Like the water looked better. The sky looked better. Like the animals, there was dolphins. Like it was, it's better. It's just better. Oh man. That's yeah. so funny. It's just funny. Yeah, that sentence, oh, the, the water, the dolphins, the animals. Hey, you know what? Uh, this game did not have uh, many or any cutscenes. So just like the fact that there were some creatures like going around, adding some like environment, adding some like uh, life to the world of Wave Race, like that, that was it for me. You know, that was, that was the immersion. It sort of had a cutscene when you demolished the computer on normal championship mode. Yeah, and it championship was like... mode. I went kind of nuts. <laughs> I, I almost swept the entire thing. One race, I tried to do like an entire lap as a in a handstand. I ended up on getting the lowest third. difficulty. Yeah, it was on normal mode. <laughs> so you win, and you see your creepy, strange polygon person up on the podium. Right. And they have their helmet off, and you're like, oh, well, they got weird looking faces. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't great. Not much of a cutscene. On that point, we should say that there are uh, different difficulties. I think that that's something we could probably add to the what the game does well column is there is normal, hard, expert, and reverse mode for a lot of the courses. Not all of them are available on all of the courses. Yeah. But if you get really good and bored with normal mode because it's pretty easy then you can switch to expert mode and it'll give you some more challenges with some of the buoys or it'll add like extra opt- ob- obstacles on the courses and things Gotta of that Got to watch nature. out for those depth charges. Yeah. They, they don't actually explode when you hit no. them, but they're like these spiky floating ball things. Yeah. And yeah, they definitely add some, a little bit more difficulty. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think that the difficulty levels, the different modes, like if you're a person who wants to just race, you can do that. If you're somebody mm-hmm. who wants to do time trial mode, they got that. If you want to do the stunts, they got a stunt mode. So there, there are some different modes, um, but uh, I think we can dig in a little bit more to that and the, what the game didn't do well if yeah. you're ready to move on to there. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. And I, I think this is the main thing that this game didn't do well is you look at the modes, you look at the game as a whole, and you end up comparing it to Mario Kart because yeah. Mario Kart is the big racer, the, the granddaddy of racers on the N64 and you just start thinking about it like in wave race you don't have any pickups there's no items mm-hmm. there's none of that like external thing that's just taking the, yeah. the game to the next level you don't have a battle mode which actually could have been pretty interesting yeah. in some of the more open levels that have the ramps and stuff For sure i like i don't know how you do that um but it just seemed like even with the the like the championship mode and and the different levels it just seemed like definitely a step below Mario Kart. So when you when you look at the game as a whole and you're looking at what it did badly, for me it's still a good game. I still had fun with it, but it's not like that top tier. Yeah, for sure. That's one of the things I actually had written down is the game seems very shallow. It doesn't seem like there's a lot there. Um in championship mode, you're racing against three other racers. Yeah. In two player mode, it's literally just you and the other person and it's kind of like in Mario Kart you had what eight people or eight racers and then are there more than eight characters in that 64 version no i don't think so not in the 64 version so it just it seems fairly bare bones and it it was an early release on the n64 so it's like it makes some level of sense but at the same time by today's standards um looking at this game it's it's fairly shallow and 
I feel like playing it with you is sort of the peak of what this game really is, is like racing with your friend for like a couple hours. Yeah. We had exploring this game. We had some good competitive moments. Yeah. Like, uh, especially like when I won a big streak of games, then you won a big streak of games. And we had a a few moments in there where it was pretty evenly matched. Mm -hmm. And like that, like you could tell it's, it was a, some good moments in there where we were definitely battling back and forth, mm-hmm. but you're right. The, just the depth isn't there. You only have the four different characters. Uh, it's not really clear what the difference between them is, but like there certainly is like, it seemed like the heavier, the character, the more top end speed they had, but the less mm-hmm. acceleration, but you don't get any idea of those stats. Like there actually are stat bars on them, but you have just no idea. Like it doesn't actually tell you, which ones are faster or slower or whatever. It just gives you an opportunity to like tweak them. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it feels really shallow. You have the four characters. They all just have like kind of generic names. Yeah. Uh, one of them is called speedy <laughs> and the rest of them just have like people names except for, uh, Oh, fats. Yes. There's a whatever. guy named F fats. <laughs> uh, and he is a rotund fellow. And yeah. he is definitely uh, has the least acceleration. But you only have those four characters. They each have mm-hmm. two different color uh, wetsuits that they can wear. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just seems like if they had more characters, mm-hmm. if the characters had more personality. Uh, yeah. If there was some way to bring in characters like from another IP, I, I don't know. Like there, there had to have been some way that they could have added some more depth to it. But like you said, if it's a, if an early release game, they were just trying to get something out, and I think they did do a good job. But yeah. it just it definitely is lacking the depth that you expect from uh, a game that's like that top tier, like Mario Kart. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Again, trying to just consider what nostalgia uh, does to this game for people, and uh, if we're going to judge it by today's standards it's like is this still a good game and it's like there's only four racers but there's what about eight to ten tracks would you say yeah something like that which is a it's a good number but at the same time over a long period of time at what point does this game get old yeah no i mean having the different difficulty levels on each level and being able to reverse some of them definitely helps. Mm. But uh, you're right. There's not a whole lot of variation after you've played it for a long time. You're going to start getting bored of those levels. Yeah. Uh, there's enough there for you to sit down and play with a friend for a while. And it's not like you're just playing the same two tracks or whatever. But mm. it, yeah, it definitely is lacking in that depth. But it's still, you can have fun with it for a couple hours with your friend. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's a good or bad thing. When you think about like the different characters, you got those four characters. You got Speedy, you got Fats, and then you got the two people who just have random names. I think it's like yeah. Anderson and like Hariyama or something. It's like <laughs> some sort of Japanese name. And uh, you don't see anybody, like even the people who are huge fans of this game, it's not like you see anybody out there that's in like, oh, Speedy for Smash, you know? Right. Like, yeah, that's true. It's funny. Nobody's out there like petitioning, trying to get these guys into yeah. Smash Bros or any other sort of like... Nobody is like saying, ah, oh, man, I can't wait for Wave Race to be ported for Switch. Yeah. I suppose you could artificially create some depth with this game trying to like master each character if you wanted to get into like the time trial mode with each character or beat the championship mode with each character. But Yeah. And there is that potential there to customize them a little bit because you can change like their, you know, the handling and all that kind of stuff in the stats. But like really it doesn't give you enough it doesn't give you enough idea of what those stats are to even know what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, you'd have to play a lot to really get an idea of what's going on there and, and how to tweak it. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you, based on our experience tonight, would you want to like go back a week from now and play more wave race? If you just had this game at your house? I think I would. I actually, like I said, I'm surprised about how much fun I have with this. I know this is a game that I would have a lot of fun playing with my wife. It's a mm-hmm. game that would, uh, we would definitely get competitive with. I mean, you and I got okay. competitive with it. Um, I would love to bust this out and play with my brothers again. Yeah. Uh, and I think that unlike a lot of games that we played, like I uh, have gone back and played some N64 games that don't hold up. And even mm-hmm. though I have a lot of nostalgia for them, even though I played them a lot when I was a kid, it's not a game that I want to go back and play again now. Mm-hmm. And this one, I was, that's why I say I was surprised about how much fun I had with it and how much I thought it held up. Okay. So with that said, like, does the lack of depth, is that a problem when this game is like playing it with your wife or whatever, or playing it with your friend or brothers? Would would you say that the lack of depth is still in the negative column or do you think it, it doesn't actually hinder this since in my opinion, the game is at the, at its best with a friend? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Like if, if you're playing this with a friend then it's all about like the competition so you're not mm-hmm. really caring as much you just want to you just want to win and you want to yeah. be your friend uh it's it's not a game that i would want to play by myself mm-hmm. it's not a game that i would spend a whole lot of time on i mean it yeah. was fun to go through the championship mode it was fun to try out time trials and and the stunt mode and stuff but it's not a game that i would see myself putting a bunch of hours in trying to like master or whatever yeah it's definitely more of like a a game to challenge a friend and I feel like if it had that four player mode, it could even be, it could be a lot more fun with yeah. like a group of friends. But the fact that it's only two players definitely is kind of a bummer, especially mm-hmm. when so many of the games for the N64 were four player mode. Yeah, for sure. The next thing I have for what I think the game did poorly was some of the graphical stuff in multiplayer. Like you couldn't see very far ahead. And yeah. Like part of the problem when I first started playing and while I was getting my teeth kicked in was that I couldn't tell where I was supposed to go. No, I, I agree. Yeah, it's it's not great in multiplayer mode. And it's like it's kind of infuriating especially cuz the game is so unforgiving when you like run into a wall or like <laughs> when you come to a complete stop you're like I'm trying to not go uh, I'm trying to not miss this buoy so I don't get disqualified and so I'm like going super slow or I'm stopped and I can't turn my character. It's like, why is this a thing? Yeah, again going back to Mario Kart, you know, you you have in, in Mario Kart you go off the map and the little guy comes mm-hmm. out, uh, Lakitu or whatever his name yeah. is. He comes and he picks you up and he puts you back on the track. And there's times in this game where a similar mechanic would have been nice yeah. to just have it pop you back out onto the main track so you're not stuck, like, trapped in a little corner of, like, where a deck meets a wall or something. Mm-hmm. And to piggyback on that point, there's no mini-map of what the track yeah. actually looks like or what to expect. And I think that that really hinders this game in a big way is because it's just, like, it's not fun when you can't figure out where you're supposed to go and the game is like how many times did we run into walls because we thought they were like ramps or we didn't see what we were supposed to you know make a hard left and go around these two walls it's like man this game really doesn't do you any favors if you're not familiar with the tracks yeah i you know it'd be interesting to see how many lessons nintendo took from this game and implemented them because a lot of this stuff we're complaining you see uh, it is in Mario Kart. You know, you do mm-hmm. have the guy who helps you get back on the track. You do have the mini map. You do have a lot more of that depth. And I wonder if this early racing game on the system gave them some pointers for how to improve, you know, the game that they ended up. I mean, a lot of that stuff was is in the Super Nintendo Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, definitely taken to another level in the N64 version. Yeah, I wonder 
how much of it is just it was an early release on the the console and so it was we need to get games out because i don't know that there were a lot of games that came out with the system i was watching a video a few weeks ago on the launch of the n64 and i feel like there was only really like i want to say they said pilot wings and super mario 64 were the games that launched with the console and that i'm sounds like sounds familiar yeah those were the two that we got with it because i got the console you know pretty early on um but i don't know what other games um i know the box you know had shadows of the empire and killer instinct gold and like a few others but i don't know when those games came out um so i guess what i'm just trying to say is i don't know what of that is to blame on we need to get software out for this new console so that people want to buy it and so some of it got axed i don't know how technically hard it is to render a mini map on the N64, but it just feels like kind of a big oversight for this game. Yeah. Is there anything else that you have in your, what this game doesn't do well column? Um, not so much that we haven't touched on already. Uh, the, the championship mode only has four racers, which we've kind of talked about already. And it just, it feels like, you know, with Mario Kart's eight or just compared to other games, it's like, is there really any drive, to play this game single player uh <laughs> <laughs> you know um so but we've already kind of belabored that point a bit um so i think no i think that about wraps it up for what i don't think this game does super well i think the one last thing that we need to touch on before we move on to our next section and i don't know where to put this um but the announcer oh yeah i mean that guy <laughs> He was I cracking to us write up. That down. I mean, the guy was cracking us up the whole time. Every time you pass a buoy, which is often, I mean, there's usually <laughs> like five to ten of them per lap. Every time you pass a buoy, and each character, each time every you know player passes a buoy, the the guy says something, and it's usually like if you if you do it correctly, he's like, "All right, yeah, okay." And it's usually like a positive thing, but like you could tell like the guy who recorded the voice at some point just got like, I don't know, he, he just got like annoyed or like he started like being sarcastic <laughs> and you'll, you'll like pass the buoy and he'd be like, okay. And, it's, and there's like two different kinds of like uh, of clips of this guy and where he does it and it's like pretty sarcastic and it's like, it, it just like randomly picks one of these affirmations when you do it correctly and there's a whole bunch of them so sometimes you'll be doing like a slalom through these buoys and it'll be like okay 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 and it'll like hit the sarcastic <laughs> one like three times in a row and it's just like <laughs> man yeah i wanted to punch that guy in the throat oh uh, and, when- and yeah when you when you do bad like if you if you miss the buoy or you know or when you come in way behind somebody else like for like the second lap it'll be like you're only 30 seconds behind (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like kind of like mocking you and so yeah i mean if you're winning it's great if you're losing it it's kind of just like rubbing salt in the wound so i don't i I mean i guess i'd put that as a positive it's it's just kind (laughs) of funny like they definitely need to record a few more clips of the guy because it it does get a little repetitive but uh on the whole pretty funny and and adds a little bit of personality to a game that you know doesn't have a ton of it yeah i think that has to go probably in both columns yeah. <laughs> of something that it's it's interesting and humorous but at the same time it's just like uh when i'm doing poorly fighting with these controls i really want to just kick this dude in the head someday 
worth it or worthless we're after you know after we've been doing this for a while we're gonna we're gonna have enough like cachet to be able to reach out to you know gaming industry professionals and get some interviews maybe i'd be really interested in talking to this voiceover guy and just wondering like what that process was like oh, and what drove him to uh use the inflection that he did because it <laughs> it was just cracking me up and i was just like wow okay they re-, like you could tell that maybe the people who were making this game uh maybe it was more of a japanese crew and they didn't like fully understand like the guy's inflection because there was just a couple really sarcastic okays thrown in there that that maybe wouldn't have gotten away otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they hired a voice actor for this one because it, <laughs> it probably was just like a programmer, um, which back in those days, I think a lot of that kind of happened if you think about like the first Resident Evil game, like how cheesy some of the lines are or like just how terrible some of that stuff was back then. I think it's just one of those things where it was like, nobody's really going to care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, in 22 years, somebody's not going to come back and do a podcast about this game. Yeah. And this is, <laughs> the N64 was a Nintendo, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but that this was Nintendo's first uh, system that supported like actual like audio clips, correct? Because they, they were more like bit crushed, kind of like uh, synthesized things on the super Nintendo, right? I have no idea. Cause I think it had, you know, the NES had a sample channel on the sound chip and I'm assuming the super Nintendo did. Um, when you think, I about think it, like, it had to have, because it had like, you know, NBA jam and like mortal Kombat and stuff oh, like that. Right. that had like, you know, you're right. You're right. Um, some sound clips. So I don't know. I'm sure it was upgraded. Yeah, for sure. Um, See, this is what happens. I say things that in my head are totally correct. And then, <laughs> and then you're just like, no, no, you're wrong. That's right. Yeah. So that, there goes that theory. I'm trying to like throw them a bone. I'm trying to like help them out here. And uh, I failed. I'm sorry, guy. Whoever you are, voiceover man, I'm going to look your name up in the credits and I'm going to I'm gonna give you a shout out on the internet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we can track this guy down. We're going to like find out that he tragically died in a jet ski accident. Okay. That took a dark turn pretty quick. We're like, we're going to track him down, but he's probably going to be dead. <laughs> going to put an MP3 of this podcast on his grave. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Move, I think Moving on. Yeah, I think we're ready. I think the world is ready. Yeah, the world is ready. Uh, to hear what Jordan would pay for the experience he just had. See, now normally this is this is hard for me. Because I, I haven't had much experience. It's not they're not usually games that I am interested in purchasing. But like this one, this is one that I would that I would play. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, my my wife likes this game. I could definitely see purchasing this. Um, okay, I don't have an N sixty four, so I'm gonna have to do the thing that I always do. Like if this popped up on the Switch eShop, what would I pay for it? Yeah, I feel like there's a good chance, actually, that's not like out of the realm of possibility because it came out on Wii U and the Wii yeah. eShops. Did it? Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure I read that on, yeah, I, I did read that on Wikipedia because on the original, I think, Wii port of it, they had to take out some of the sponsorships because oh. the license deals expired. But then back on the Wii U version when it was released, they like re-upped those licensing Kawasaki agreements. was willing yeah. to throw down a few greenbacks for the plug. I guess. All right. Yeah. I mean, like we said, this, there isn't a whole lot of depth here. This isn't a game I'm going to want to play by myself. Um, 
it's definitely just a, a fun little pickup and play with a friend, have a, some light competition. But I mean, I could see myself paying like thirteen or fourteen dollars for this game. Okay, so the fun you just had thirteen or fourteen dollars. Yeah, it was, that's it's, a lot for you. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like this is a big wow. deal. Like I, I feel like this game holds up, Dan. And you don't feel like that's. It, influenced by nostalgia at all no because remember i like i said i went into this expecting Mm -hmm. it to be bad i went into expecting to not be able to control my character and to not be able to see stuff and i mean some of that does some of that does hold up but i mean as far as an n64 game goes and uh, i mean this game surprised me and so i i think there's still some life in this game i think for people who who grew up with this game and wanted to go back to it haven't played it in you know 15 years like this game is actually one of those ones where you can go back and you can play it and and you're not going to, it's not going to destroy your childhood. You're going to probably have as much fun as you remembered having. That's so interesting. Cause to me it's, I'm, I'm more in like the camp that you're normally in where like, to me, this game is like a five to $7 fun experience. Um, and so that's more optimistic than I would normally be. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I just, I, I, so curious as to whether or not that you know fourteen dollars is like nostalgia at all, or if I'm, there's yeah, actually fourteen dollars no, I mean, of fun here. There's definitely if you had an never as- played it. There's definitely an aspect of it that's nostalgia. There's definitely an aspect of it that this is a game that I would play, you know, with my brothers, with my friends, with my mm-hmm. wife, uh, if I had it now. And like that's hard to separate because like yeah. with any game, anytime I'm buying something, there's a difference between am I buying this to play it by myself. Or is this a game that I want to share with some friends? Yeah. And the fact that this is a game that um, I do have some history with, like obviously that's going to taint it a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know how to separate that completely. Mm. Um, I mean, when I separate it completely, then you end up with like our last episode when I say Space Jam <laughs> is a $1 experience. So like as, as a person who doesn't collect games, you don't want me to fully separate that out because then I'm going to just say every game is a dollar. Um. But I feel like there's there's enough fun about this game. There's enough that does hold up that it overcomes some of the the downsides of the fact that it's just an N64 game and those don't seem to hold up as well yeah. as we imagine they will. And this one actually exceeded my expectations, which I didn't think it would. Okay, cool. So then what do you think this game is trending for on eBay? Uh, okay, this one's hard because... When we posted about it a few weeks ago for like the anniversary of this game coming out, I wasn't expecting the response we got from mm-hmm. it. Like I was really surprised uh, how many people loved this game. It wasn't one that like I ever like talked about with friends at school or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of people seem to have a connection to this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like an IP that people are like super pumped about still. So like that goes against it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I I'm like yeah I don't know like I feel like you might be able to go get a copy of this for like that thirteen fourteen dollar range even on like a cartridge okay I don't know that's my guess on a cartridge as opposed to like you know like a digital eShop version like in my theoretical <laughs> if this popped up in the eShop I'm yeah. like I think you might actually be able to go get a cartridge for thirteen or fourteen dollars maybe I wonder how much it actually is on the Wii U eShop we'd have to look up it I don't know how if they have like a standardized price for I have uh, no idea. 64 and NES games and all that stuff. I try to forget the Wii U. I try to <laughs> pretend like it didn't happen. And mine just sits <laughs> mine just sits on the bottom of my shelf collecting dust. Except for that one time a year when we break it out for eight-player Smash. 
Yeah, well. And we're not going to have to do that anymore. No. And very soon. By, I mean, by the time this episode drops, uh, we'll be just days away from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, <laughs> which comes out on my birthday. Uh, I feel like, you know, I don't usually want to say a whole lot of personal info about myself on the internet, but uh, that's a big deal. Yeah. Smash Bros., it was really nice of them to release it on my birthday. Uh, I feel like that was a great honor they gave me. Right. And um, I'm just going to be waiting for my free copy to come in the mail. <laughs> um, so, Nintendo, I appreciate you releasing it on my birthday, and I will be looking for <laughs> that free copy in the mail. Again, free copy. If you need my address, <laughs> if you need my address, just shoot us a message, and I'm sure we can get that to you. <laughs> uh Considering the fact that I don't own a Switch and I don't know that I'll ever own a Switch, I'm sure I will play Smash Bros. Ultimate on your Switch. I may not I let mean, you play Smash Bros. on my Switch until you have some nice things to say about the Switch. Because you've been notoriously uh, rude about the Nintendo Switch and you've talked down to it and you've trashed it. Now, and I feel like it's going to be hard for my Nintendo Switch to allow you to play it knowing that all of that hatred has has come out of you. But you're neglecting the fact that I really lightened up on the negativity towards That's true. You <laughs> the have modern gone... state of Nintendo as a hardware manufacturer. That's true. You've gone from like a 10 on the hatred scale to like a solid 7, and I commend you for that. <laughs> 7. <So. laughs> <laughs> it's more like a 4. All right. And to be fair... I have my reasons to be frustrated with Nintendo as a hardware manufacturer. I mean, you in did the last buy, ten years. You did buy a Wii U. You and I uh, accounted for about fifty percent of all Wii U sales <laughs> with R two. So, yeah. Oh man, yeah. that's a lot of Good Wii U Nintendo. talk in a single episode here. Yeah. Um, I'm really sorry to, <laughs> to all of you out there who um, are having to be reminded constantly of the failure that was. The well, Wii U. So one of the things that the Wii U has uh, had a positive impact on is the Switch catalog. You know, and one of the things that I like to poke at Nintendo about here and there, and I don't do it so much anymore, but it's that they pretty much ported literally every game they put out on Wii U to the Switch, which from a business standpoint, completely makes sense. Like yeah. those games are great. And that's not ever something I disparage Nintendo for. They're fantastic at making games, with the exception of Star Fox Zero. Although wow. that game could be great if they put it on Switch. Yeah, I, that was a and, real bummer. And ditched the the nonsense motion controls and all that terrible stuff. But we have a good Star Fox games on the on the Nintendo Switch now. It's not a Star Fox game. It's it's a uh, whatever it's called, Starlink Battle for Atlas, featuring Star Fox. <laughs> uh, but it's gotten great reviews, and people say if you just like close your eyes and squint, you can pretend like it's a Star Fox oh, game. Man. So we might have to play that sometime. We Not need, for this, but just in general. We need a good Star Fox game. We yeah, really we, do. We got one on the N64. You want oh, another man. one? What about Federation Force, Dan? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so... You think this game's going for $14 on eBay? <laughs> yeah, all of that to say, this game's probably going for like $13 to $14. So you'll be glad to know that this game, as of yesterday, was trending for $6.87 on eBay. Dang. Yeah, so That's but, awesome. Yeah, but looking at the sold listings, it looks like around 4 to $7 is about average of what you can get this game for. Wow. Yeah. 
So for all of you out there who expressed your great love for this game, mm-hmm. this is a game that you can go and pick up and you don't have to break the bank. Like you can forego a single trip to Starbucks and yep. you could have Wave Race. Yeah, if that was something that you were interested in. Yeah, which I mean a lot of <laughs> what you mean going to Starbucks or owning Wave Race? Owning Wave Race. Oh, I was going to say as a person who doesn't partake in coffee, like that's a really easy choice for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny about wave races. I don't even actually remember how it got into my collection. <laughs> That's how little this game really meant to me or means to me. It's just like, I think I saw some like red crayon on there. So I'm like, I think I got this from a thrift store, but I might've got this in a box of garbage that I found at some random like flea market style. Like Wow. Wow. Dan. Thing. And so how- it's just been sitting on my shelf waiting for this moment to be played with a friend. I'll just sit here. Do you have any more offensive things to say about this great game? <laughs> I'm not saying the game is bad. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't have the same nostalgia and love for it. So I still am not sure how much fun that I had with the game itself versus hanging out with my friend and being, yeah. being competitive at, at something with my friend. I think it, I think for you, it's safe to say that our, our fan base quote unquote, may have oversold (laughs) this game for you. Uh, We had a lot of people like we were just like both completely blown away. I mean, 28 comments on there of people talking about how much they loved this game, which is a lot for us. That is a lot for us. I'm, you know, 378 likes, which I think is like one of our most liked photos. Uh, Over almost 3000 views on the video of Wave Race we put, which is up there. So yeah. I, I think that it is safe to say that the excitement of the people online probably built this up a little bit to a level that it wasn't able to achieve for you. <laughs> but but hear me out. You said you were willing to pay, what, seven bucks for this game? Yeah. And it comes in. As a collector. It comes under that. Yeah. So we have to say that this game is worth it. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I think technically... <laughs> Technically, like I, I thought that I was going to have to come in here and, and kind of fight you for this, but yeah. I'm, I'm actually really excited that it came in yeah. where it did because it makes mm-hmm. it accessible uh, and it, it makes you have to say that it was worth it. <laughs> I don't actually, I don't feel like I have to say that it's worth it, you know, as a default consolation. Um, I That's feel, sort of how the game works. Like, That's sort of how, like if, if you guess Yeah, kind of, but I'm just saying like. At four to seven dollars, if you're gonna hang out and play this game with your friend, like absolutely, I think the game is worth it. You know, yeah. if, if I was gonna have some friends over and we wanted to like go to the local game store and they had a copy of this for like four four dollars, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like a good time. Like, why not? So I think the game is worth it at the price that it is going for. And I don't, you know, if the game was going for fourteen dollars, I'd have a lot harder of a time being like, yeah, that sounds like it's worth it to me as a collector. But yeah, well, thankfully, it's not going for that much. Yeah, and thankfully, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think both of us are are always happy when a good game doesn't cost a bazillion dollars. I know for you, a frustration that you've said about video game collecting as a hobby is that it is just getting priced completely unreasonably like stuff is skyrocketing. Yeah. It's making it hard to enjoy it because mm-hmm. games are just worth way more than what they should be. Yeah. I just don't want to pay $94 for color of dinosaur, Jordan. Well, I mean, <laughs> again, I haven't played color dinosaur. I would love to, it, maybe it's like one of the greatest games I actually heard. And you know, this, 
this could be uh, wrong, but I actually heard that uh, Leonardo da Vinci actually <laughs> learned how to draw by playing color a dinosaur. So um, I haven't heard. Can't say. Can't say. I've heard that. Dan, I don't. Myself. I'm not trying to like tell you how to parent your child. Okay. But <laughs> if you don't thing. buy color dinosaur for your son, he may never be an artist. <laughs> what about Mario Paint though? I could buy him the Super Nintendo mouse. We could play. Mario Paint it could have the that's I fine. Think the hey, same composer if of you, Wave Race's music did Mario Paint. That's fine. I mean, if you don't love your son, you can get him <laughs> Mario Paint. But I mean, Color a Dinosaur is what you know a loving father would give his son. Yeah, I'll I'll have to uh, I'll have to do a little bit more research on Color a Dinosaur to see what that game really is. If it just if, if the box really says it all, you know, what I that, have no idea what it is. You know what it isn't, and you know what we can say for a fact that it isn't cheap it's it's not cheap <laughs> and it's sure not wave race 64 that's true if i had to choose to pay seven dollars for wave race or 94 for color dinosaur i think that's going to be a pretty easy choice i think so too <laughs> i think that pretty much wraps us <laughs> yeah, up on wave i think race that's 64. a good point to uh, close on <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye and good night for now thanks for listening everybody We'll see you next time. All right. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time. Corn dogs are my first love. Does Maddie know that? Yeah. <laughs> she does. <laughs>